Hello. Hi. This is Jessica. And this is Jamie. And this is Hot for Jessica. I know. The regular edition. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Your Monday special. We're going to just get into it. We're going to... that's what we do. Jump into get this into bitch. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamie's going to jump into it. Actually, before I jump into my case, this is editing Jamie popping in once again just to let you know that Jess and I did forget to record the serial killer portion of this week's show. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about that now. So last week, Jessica introduced uh, Charles Ng, and today I'm going to be talking about his cohort, Leonard Blake. He was born in San Francisco in 1945, and his parents split up when he was about six years old, causing him and his siblings to move in with their maternal grandmother. During this time, Leonard took up a mm, hobby? Question mark? Of photography? Seems fine until I tell you what it's about. Um, those photographs were of his nude sisters, and their grandmother encouraged this behavior. Super normal and healthy, totally. Um, so it was at this time that it's deduced that his infatuation with pornography began, and he would extort his siblings into performing lewd acts to fulfill his little hobby. In 1964, he joined the Marine Corps, where he completed two tours in Vietnam as a radar operator before being diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder and receiving a medical discharge in 1971. After his discharge, he attended San Jose State University for about a semester, and then he dropped out to move back to San Francisco. And at this time, he had decided he wanted to dive headfirst into the hippie lifestyle. He moved into a commune and married for a brief time in 1975, until his wife discovered his little porn secret. Apparently, he had been filming and starring in bondage and sadomasochistic videos, and she was a little bit less than pleased to discover this, to say the least. After this failed first marriage, he moved to Ukiah and eventually met and married his second wife, Clara Lynn Belazis, who would oblige his pornography fetishes and be featured in his films. She too, however, would eventually tire of his fantasies and being in his movies, so they would also eventually divorce. During this time, Lake also began to worry about a nuclear holocaust and built a type of bunker where he was staying, until his landlord made him take it down. Leonard was introduced to Ng 10 years after his discharge from the Marines through an ad that was placed in a Wargamer magazine, and the pair became fast friends. They had a lot in common, having both served in the Marines, and both of them possessed some very right-wing views, which we'll get into next week. Anyways, back to the regular show and to my case. This case came courtesy of my mother. Ooh, I know. Yes, queen. I know. Jenny okay. sent me a it. sent me a link, and I was like, "Okay, Jen's let's fucking do it." Well, yeah, like this case is I solved. Love that bitch. Me too. This case is solved, which is like not normally normally something I would you know cover because normally we like a unsolved case up in this bitch. Yeah, we can mix it up. It's our podcast, but. There's a couple of reasons I chose it. One, okay, it has a twisty twist tie-in to a case that we've previously covered. Ooh, okay, let's hear it. And also, it's very close to home for me. Um, okay. So, okay, okay. Michaela Garrich, I, I think the last name is pronounced Garrich. Okay, I've heard, uh, it's Garrich. Yeah. I've heard of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so she was okay. nine years old when she was kidnapped in the middle of the day on November 9th, 1988 in Hayward, California. So Hayward's like 20 minutes away from me. Um, so that's why I, uh-huh. I say it's Moss close to home. Close to home. Yeah. 
So around 10 a.m. that morning, Michaela and a friend, Katrina Rodriguez, hopped on their scooters and headed to the room to the local Rainbow Market to grab a snack and a soda. God, what what a time to be alive. I know, right? That you could just scoot on down to the fucking corner store and get yourself a soda and call it a day. Miss those days. I know. Um, but now there's weirdos outside. Not to say that there wasn't weirdos outside at this time, because that's what we're about to get Obviously to. Obviously there were. We're just more aware of them now. Right. So the girls park their scooters outside, go in, get their goods, and then start to walk home. It's on their way home that they remember that they scootered over, which I don't even oh, know no. if scootered is a word, but the I didn't it get a, now. I was I didn't get a little squiggly line under it, so like, <laughs> it got, it, yeah, it's a word. Sure. Um, so it's they a word. so they turn around to go collect their scooters. Um, yeah. When they get there, though, one of them isn't where they left them, but then Michaela spots it across the parking lot and goes off to get it. A few seconds later, Katrina Ugh. hears her friend scream and sees her get scooped up by a man in a car. She books it back inside of the store to notify a clerk, who then calls 911. This is where the first hiccup happens. The clerk misidentifies who Katrina said drove off with Michaela and therefore unwittingly gives a bad description to the dispatcher. No. (sighs) Yeah. So this bad description is of a man in his 30s who had a hippie-like appearance, a mustache, and drove a burgundy car. Um, This description is shared for two days before the error is realized. Katrina, who's the only actual witness, and again, Mm -hmm. is a small child, um, describes the man as being in his 20s, having shoulder-length hair, blue eyes, and most notably, severe acne or pockmarks in his face. Um, She also describes a vehicle that he was in to be a light-colored sedan, um, possibly off-white, tan, or gold. Um, Search efforts begin immediately in southern Alameda County, with emphasis on wooded and unpopulated areas. The FBI was also involved in the searches, and plane and helicopter searches were conducted as well as ground uh, ground searches. Over 5,000 tips were received by investigators within the first year of the disappearance, and uh, with over 4,000 of them coming in before the end of December, so within, like, two months of the disappearance. Mm-hmm. Um, on November 30th, 21 days after the kidnapping, Joe Montana of San Francisco 49ers fame made a public statement calling for oh. the culprits to return her home safely. There were over 42,000 so missing child posters distributed. Her face was on milk cartons, and there was even a $70,000 reward in place for information that would result in finding the little girl. And that's $70,000 okay. in 80s money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, probably, if I had to guess, because I'm not going to Google it right now, because lazy, uh, probably like like 115000 if I had to. Did you say 1998 and $70,000? Uh, eighty eight. Think, that's what I meant oh, to say. Yes. <laughs> that's what I was thinking in my brain. <laughs> 70,000. There was just a slight disconnect between your brain and your mouth. <laughs> yes. Well, that happens a lot. <laughs> I mean, same. Um, um, uh, oh, my God. Um, $807,800. From 70000 Jesus. And today's money dollars wow I was that's inflation way off yeah that's almost a million dollars fuck wish we found her i'm just kidding god dang <sighs> um so i'm poor bitch who are you telling and and bob bob the supervisor doesn't understand why millennials complain all the time anyways <laughs> um so there's been a few very famous suspects in this case a couple of them having been infamous for other california kidnappings 
Um, the first of which is Tim Bindender. Bid Binder. Bidnender. Binder? Whatever. He doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anemone. No. She matters, he doesn't matter. Hit it. Facts. Um, who kidnapped Amber Schwartz in Penole just a few months before Kayla's, Michaela's abduction. The other was Philip Garrido, who had kidnapped and held J.C. Dugard for, cap- for captive in... Jesus Christ, Jamie. That's terrible. For 18 years in Antioch. The kidnapping also happened in broad daylight, and the proximity to Hayward made it feasible. However, no evidence was ever found. So. Pause. Yeah. That was in Antioch? Yeah, that's literally 15 minutes from my house. I always thought that was in the Midwest for some Bitch, reason. Bitch, no! That was literally, like, a stone's throw, basically, from, like, where I used to live. Okay. Yeah, isn't that fucking bonkers? The more, the more you know. <laughs> so. Anyways. Do you remember when you covered the Spreed Freak Killers way back when? Yes. Oh, I do. Because they're from my hometown. Yeah. Well. Ish. My home county. Well, yeah. Well, one of them was also a suspect in this disappearance. That's fair. You remember that boy named Lauren? Yes, that boy. <laughs> the a boy named Lauren. That yeah. was the episode title if you guys want to listen to it. I know. I, I was really proud of myself for that joke that I wrote into this. Because I don't I like, I normally like that. write jokes into my things. But, yeah, you know, I had to. I liked it. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I'll pat myself on the back. Oh, I'm recording this so I can actually, <laughs> you can see me do it. You can, because we're on YouTubes now. Uh, ew, wow. Um, so, Mr. Lauren Herzog was implicated by his accomplice when he said that Herzog resembled the suspect of, quote, that guy that kidnapped that Hayward girl. Listen. It's, it. Not impossible. Who really knows? Yeah. Um, the witness... Uh, Kayla Rodriguez commented, I thought then, and I think now that he could be the kidnapper, I think that there are features that look very much like the man. It does seem like a strong lead. However, DNA ev- evidence uh, that was taken of Herzog and his accomplices as victims didn't come into a match of Michaela's. Um, because uh, if you do remember, where they were staying was ransacked, and they did find remains of a lot of young girls but um, and belongings of young girls none of which matched Michaela but Michaela when she was when she disappeared she was last seen wearing a pair of Mary Jane shoes and there Mm -hmm. was a pair of Mary Janes in evidence that was collected from uh from the place that they had been staying but San Joaquin County sheriffs have actually never cooperated with Hayward police in getting DNA evidence of those shoes or additional information about the shoes in general I just don't get like what's up. What what harm does that do? Literally, to just nothing. help. It's fucking. Horseshit. I mean, like maybe it takes a little time, but like Jesus. Yeah. Anyways, but just a couple of months ago, here at the end of 2020, and probably one of the very few good things to come out of 2020, um, mm-hmm. there's a a, a suspect in custody. Oh. Um, David Mish, who is who was already in prison on an unrelated murder conviction was charged in relation to Michaela's kidnapping and possible murder on December 21st of last year. The investigation is still ongoing, however, but it looks like her family may be able to get justice soon. So, if anyone has... So, they found they found her remain. Did they find her remains? Nope. So, they have no idea what happened to her. Yeah. She's never turned up. They... Nobody knows That's what happened terrible. to her. So, if anyone has information that can either corroborate that David Mish is responsible or where her remains are or if someone has a better suspect 
Hayward police poor, are looking. Her poor friend. Oh my That's, god. Yeah. Like, could you imagine the trauma oh. that would stem from that, knowing that that like no. easily just could have been you if your scooter had been the one grabbed and like taken across the parking lot? Because obviously right. they did that on purpose. Oh, 100 percent. Like, I mean. I remember, you know, growing up in the 90s, even, like, not even that long after this happened, you know. Yeah. Like, our parents would be like, oh, like, if your, you know, your shit's over there, like, don't go over, wander by yourself to go get it type of thing. Like, whatever. Like, because yeah. stuff like this was, was prevalent at the time. We, it was different for us growing up because we grew up in such a small place. True. But, I mean, I was never, I mean, I guess I think about it. Like, a really, really small town. There wasn't really any convenience stores close by. So, it, I wasn't, until I was much older, I was allowed to go by myself. But we were allowed to, like, go ride our bikes around the neighborhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. But always with another friend. Yeah. Like, when but, I was growing up, I mean, like, I grew up in, you know, more of, like, a suburb city situation. Um, not mm-hmm. in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. No shade. <laughs> no shade. It's true. <laughs> Um, I mean, you, literally, when we grew up, there was one stoplight in our town. There's two now. There's one growing up. One stoplight. I'm really glad that people can see my facial expressions now. <laughs> Actually, there's maybe two, but one's like a crosswalk stoplight. So that doesn't count. But Amazing. it's a tiny town. Like, I just remember, like, being, you know, you know, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, and me and my friends were able to, like, go walk places yeah. or, like, Usually, if I was staying at a friend's house, because my parents were a little bit more, like, overprotective about stuff. Um, yeah. And, like, usually my mom was always home, because until I was well, in high school, she so. didn't have a job. Like, she was a stay-at-home yeah. mom. That was her job. I-, I shouldn't say she didn't have a job, because... Yeah, that is a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking very work. fucking clear. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not shitting on anyone that's a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm also not shitting on a, on a trophy wife. If that's your thing, go for it. Dude, sweetie. Um, I'm jealous. Send, send me your secrets. Right. <laughs> Let me know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> but, um, like, I remember being, like, in middle school, and one of my friends who, uh, like, her parents were divorced, and, uh, her mom worked a lot. Like, we, I would go to her house and hang out, and they lived in Martinez, and we would walk from her house to, like, Rite Aid to go get ice cream or whatever. TB fucking tea. Do you remember when Rite Aids had ice cream? Did, or did you guys even have that where you grew up? They still do. Our Rite Aids, I thought Rite Aids died. Cream. No, they have ice cream. We have um, we have one here where I live now, and they also still have the one that in in where I grew up. They have it. They uh, have ice cream. I mean, because of COVID, they don't do ice right cream. Now. They have like their own brand, and it's so superior to any other. Oh, it's ice fucking cream bomb. Anyways, um, because there's one Rite Aid near me, and it's literally just like a pharmacy and drugstore. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have no, ice cream anymore. Sorry, but, I'm tired, you guys. Anyways. That's okay. But anyways, TBT to um, getting Rite Aid ice cream, because that shit's the tits. It's, it is still. Um, Well, next time it's, like, open near you, we'll have to get a scoop or two, because it's not Down. open near me. Oh, I mean, like, Down. they don't even have it as an option. Yeah. Once COVID's over. Yeah. We'll go. Um, Ouch. The only reason I even went to the Rite Aid is because I got my first dose of the vaccine, bitch. Yay! Which, um, if you have the opportunity to get your COVID vaccination, fucking do it. Yeah, I'm gonna... And you can, because there are, you know, for people with severe allergic reactions to things, you might want to talk to your doctor first. Right. And I, I will say, personally, my only adverse reaction was, it just felt like someone hit me very fucking hard in the arm. But... That's how the HPV shot feels. See, I didn't have, I didn't have that much of an issue with it. 
the third, the third in the series. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But also, I literally did it when I was like twelve. So, yeah, I was so a I don't, older. I think I, I was remember. seventeen. Anyways, I don't I quite remember. I I did it when it first came out, and I remember like because I was going to private school at the time. It was like a big deal, and like yeah. all of the kids like judged me because they were like, it's, "You're only supposed to get that if you're sexually active," and I was like, you know, twelve. You're really not. It, you're supposed to get it. That's what I anyway. said. That's what I said. Because even if you, you can, it can, ter- yeah, anyways, does whatever. If we're getting off topic. It doesn't matter. Right? I mean, we can sufficiently dick off now. I'm, oh, wait, no, we can't. You're, you're, it's your no, turn. No, I have to go still. Okay. We're going to pause our dicking off. We'll resume at the yeah, end. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that we were continuing to do that. I, I, okay. Okay. I thought this was the last episode and that, you know, I was done. I was like the second half yeah you were the you were the finish the finishing act yeah so i was but still today here, it's me keep talking for a week about nothing <laughs> okay well now i'm going to talk about something okay the murder of barbara beach hamburger hamburg which is from you totally the show. almost called her hamburger no i was gonna like go in to say murder so it almost like came out like hamburger murder like it and it was by accident um barbara beach hamburg which is on the middle murder on middle beach hbo documentary her son made her son he made it that's cool and it got picked and they got picked up by hbo that's fucking bonkers so um there's a lot of stuff on this case Mm -hmm. it's not a traditional case i would do this got a lot of press but i'm gonna cover it anyway do it so on march 3rd 2010 single mom so okay also pause i'm the same age as her son i'm like a little bit older he was 17 i was 18 by this time but we're about the same age crazy um sing- single mother barbara hamburg was found murdered outside of her home in um upper middle class madison connecticut um the scene was really brutal in the documentary murder on middle beach her son madison recaps um his mother's day he she was found in her pajamas she had gone to go get coffee, um, and the coffee was strewn across the front lawn, and her purse was as well. Wow. She had just returned from dropping off her daughter at school. Um, they were a little late. They were already running late, and um, so they went and got coffee on the way, and then she was dropped off at school. The mom came home. Um, later in the day, her daughter Allie had been calling and texting her mom saying she wanted to be picked up and to come home from school, but, um, her mom never responded, so she texted her Aunt Conway to come get her. Um, so her Aunt Conway comes, picks her up. The two arrive at Barbara's home to immediately notice something was wrong. Uh, Barbara's purse was on the front lawn. Their dog statue was knocked over, and Allie was like, this was, it, it was always right here, always like this, and it was knocked over. So she knew something was wrong. They go through the entire house. Um, Barbara wasn't inside. There wasn't really, like, any mess inside. And then they walk around the outside. They see a pallet um, leaned up against the side of the house. And then a bunch of, like, outside chair cushions were Mm -hmm. stacked up alongside the house. Um, Barbara's sister Conway started to lift up the pillows. And she said, well, I just saw fur and blood. And so she thought it was an animal that was dead. She remembers, like feeling like thank god it's just that it's just an animal but it wasn't it was actually barbara fuck she was brutally beaten um the autopsy revealed her cause of death was blunt force trauma and sharp force injury and they believe that the weapon used was a hammer 
So Madison goes through all of this. He talks to all of his family members and like even his sister. It's really caused like a huge rift within their family because his aunt Conway for a really long time thought that the sister did it, that Allie did it Mm -hmm. because Allie was having issues and she um, was kind of back and forth between her parents. Um, They were divorced. And then there's a couple other like really, you know, it's viable. Right. motives and Madison goes all through it so it's a really great documentary if you're interested in learning more um and it's different he just does it differently because it's a he's interviewing his family members and his dad and he's literally his dad is not cooperative and his dad even asks like are you recording this because he won't talk if he's being recorded his dad's sus what a so yeah, it's just really crazy, and I give Madison, like, huge props. He did a really great job. I can't even imagine, like, doing something like that if my if that no. were my mom. Um, so the day of her death, she was actually scheduled to be in court at 9.30. However, she had talked to a few people the day before saying that she had court at 2. So this was weird, okay? Hmm. The court case was a big thing. It was against her ex-husband, Jeffrey Hamburg, who owed her hundreds of thousands of dollars in alimony and back child support so you think she would know when she's Um, supposed to fucking be there right so that's why at the end madison's like well i'm kind of thinking maybe somebody had called her pretending to be a court clerk and saying hey your court date was moved to later on and that's why she thought it was at two instead of 9 30 and so that way somebody would have known where she was going to be are you telling me this was a setup i think so but I don't know. So there's no hard evidence, but that's weird. Um, I don't and like two it. people remember that. Two people remember her saying that. Not just one person. Two people said no. She said she had court at two. Yeah, which that, is why she was still in her pajamas. That okay. really rubs me the wrong fucking way. Yeah. So Jeffrey, you, and and Madison realizes this as they're recording. There's no way to make him look good in no. this documentary. He's her ex-husband. He owed her money. He's sus. But, like, his lack of cooperation and just, like, his lack of... He has nothing to say that's nice about Barbara. And you would think that, like, if your child's other parent was murdered, mm-hmm. even if you didn't like them, you weren't in love with them anymore, you just mm-hmm. didn't care, you would care about your child. Right. Like... He does not. Uh, he's weird so um he's obviously a person of interest they had a very contentious divorce the couple couple were super wealthy um jeffrey had been a ceo of an electric company so they grew up super wealthy um but he was fired for some shady dealings and then there was an, a court case after that he sued them for like slander and won i'm not really sure exactly like what parts were not true but Barbara had previously told the police that she had evidence Jeffrey was involved in an international money laundering scheme and had acquired at least $100 million from it. And there's, like, paperwork that Madison finds that's really sus, and he's, like, trying to ask his dad, and his dad's like, well, I don't know anything about that. And Madison's like, well, your signature's on it. Your name's all over these. And he's like, well, I don't know. And it's not even like, well, I would like to look at it. It's like, I don't know anything about that. So it's weird. This reminds me, um, not to like completely jump off topic, but this high key reminds me. What a boofy boy. Sorry. I know he's boofing. (laughs) Um, Reminds me of our boy, Mr. Durst. Yes. Our boy who is sus as fuck. They have no chill. So, not even a little bit of chill. 
Um, Jackson, we're not going to bark right now. Mommy's recording her podcast. Oh, my neighbor has a dog, and they're... Come here, buddy. Come Aww. here. Um, come here. Come on. Oh, my goodness. We're not going to bark at the... Po- no. Shh. Guest star. Nope. <laughs> um, As you were. Okay. So, he took almost... He took nearly 100... Camera. I want to see his Listen, face. Listen, I'm trying to... I don't want him to boof. He's boofing. <laughs> but the people want to um, see him, I'm sure. I know. This is Jax. He just had his seventh birthday last week. Don't Aww. bork. He's very cute. Cutie, He's cutie. adopted from Spain. Uh, um, when correct me if I'm wrong. Germany. You found him in a dumpster, no? The re- rescue yeah. organization, yes, found him in a dumpster. And then he lived with a foster family. And then we adopted him. And they drove him from Spain to Germany. So oh, we could pick him up. goodness. Um, okay, so he took almost 100 grand from his children's trust fund accounts from 2008 to 2010. What a Didn't piece of it. shit. Yep, yep, so, okay, so, like, hold another on. thing, though. Like, hold I know, I, yes, I digressed he, you already. Listen, But, like, who takes money from it. their kid? He just doesn't give two shits, man. You just have to watch it. I will, I, I'll, I'll watch it. He's I'm gonna like, watch it today. Oh, He's sniffing the microphone. He's like, um, okay. like this. <laughs> it's, it's good. Watch it. Okay. I watched it in like two days. Okay. However, Barbara was also involved in a Ponzi scheme, which is also known as a pyramid scheme. And this was so interesting because you Did- normally hear these like real relating to like um, MLMs. A lot of times right. people use these interchangeably, but they're not. So a Ponzi no. scheme. And actually, you know what? You probably saw an example of this on Instagram a couple months ago because people were like, remember that diagram was like circles and like at the end of the circle you get 40 grand, but you had to like, no, you know, whatever. I didn't see that. Okay, well, a bunch of people were sharing that on my thing and I was like, uh, okay. Um, anyway, that's more. an example of yeah. a Ponzi scheme. So these um, Ponzi schemes were called gifting tables. Members would join the gifting table with a $5,000 gift. $5,000. And they move up in ranks when they recruit more women. So you buy in. Mm-hmm. You recruit two women. You move up to a different table. And then the you just level, gain $10,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the highest level is called the dessert table. And when you're at the dessert table, you get forty grand. Of course. And then you start over. So Barbara was a huge recruiter for her area. She was one of the tops. And actually Madison's like great aunt or aunt, it's like a by marriage and like his other aunt, they actually, there were people who did time for this. They were prosecuted. Actually part of it because of Barbara's murder, they, they seized her computer and they found evidence of That's internal wild. evidence wild. So, um, she actually, Barbara was recruiting women from her AA group, which was oh, I like terrible. That. That's predatory and shitty. It, it is. Um, and so people are like, well, maybe that's why she was murdered because, you know, maybe she had mm-hmm. a large amount of cash and somebody knew that, or maybe they wouldn't let somebody in and they knew that because the whole point of the table is to make sure you get people in who can pay. Yeah. I was just thinking and maybe if she you, did someone dirty. It's Whether possible. wittingly or so, not. Right. Um, and so that's kind of weird. So mm-hmm. the police do say they have DNA. All of it's accounted for. Um, but then the, the detective... So Madison goes and talks to the police. He records the whole thing. In his pants. He's like... 
so sneaky. So the the cop is quoted saying that the DNA kits were crap. They were all expired. Yeah. And so he also says that one of their suspects, like, it seems like they really have, a like, a very narrow pool. But uh-huh. it, the case is sitting. It's been sitting for 10 years. Um, but nothing's happened. So one of their, right. One of their suspects turned their phone off for an entire 24 hours the day of the murder. Not weird at all. No. Um, and what year did this take place again? 2010. So this is not, like, I mean, this is, like, the beginning of iPhones and whatever, but... But, like, still? At that point, so 2010, you know, you and I are in high school at this point. Yeah. You know, most adults at that point would have probably had some sort of, like, Blackberry or smartphone. Because that's yeah. just how things were at the time. A smartphone-ish. Right. But I think they can still track you because even... Oh, yeah. Even without a smartphone, they can ping your cell phone. And it's getting better. The The technology is better by 2010. Right. But, like, in 2010, if they can figure out that someone turned off their goddamn phone for a whole ass day, like... That's weird. That's us. Yeah. So they, at the end of the day, they know that Allie, the daughter, mm-hmm. her phone was not off because she was sending text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, it really ruled her out. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's really an interesting documentary. He does so good. At the end of the show, he actually petitions for a, like a Freedom of Information Request Act for all of the case files because, yeah, the police are like shutting him out. He's, like, calling in, you know, whatever. They're, like, trying – they're, like, refusing to cooperate, but they want all of the information he has. He's gleaned all of the interviews from um, his – you know, like, from this documentary. Um, really quickly, I'm going to address his... that – what just happened. My, my phone just went off. I apologize. Um, I had to start setting alarms to remind myself to eat throughout the day. <laughs> Smart. Well, because I don't. Especially I at work. Like, I'll just get in a fucking zone, like, doing shit, and then – you know, four Boop. hours have gone by it's, and I haven't eaten a fucking calorie. I'm the same way. So I actually, we're gonna after this episode, we're gonna take a snack break. But um, and I'm almost done. <laughs> Madison is they have to like do a hearing about all of the stuff. The police don't want to release any of the documents. But at the end of the documentary, he actually finds out he wins the 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 freedom of information request and they have to they have to send over everything they have on his mom's murder hundred thousands of documents so he's like we're going to go through this we're going to cooperate with the police like with information we have and so hopefully there will be an update it kind of made it seem like there would be um but it's just i actually cried at the end like he he had he has home videos of his mom interacting with him and his sister and you can just see how much she loves them and i it it hit me really hard um so that's the murder of barbara beach hamburg an open case if you have information about it um of course contact the local authorities Mm -hmm. please or if you don't want to, to contact them contact her son madison because he's following up on things um, and he's better than any cop in that entire ass town. Yeah, well, you know, he has um he has a personal connection and a, a, a motivation to to see it done correctly and not just done. Right. So, um now we've fin- we've reached our dicking off section which I have to say um I'm going to be starting Bridgerton after I finish trial 4 and then I'm going to watch the uh 
uh, what's the new one they have out ripper the ripper no the night stalker the new ripper Nightcrawler. the night stalker thank you Nightcrawler, yeah. i think actually whatever his name it is. doesn't matter either way it's about richard ramirez apparently it's yeah. fucking wild i've heard that and so that's on next on my um, um to watch list list yeah yes. zach and i are gonna start it because he he's actually really excited about it too um yeah and, and it then smells we'll like a recap it. yeah <laughs> yeah so um that's me for dicking off so my dicking off um i have a couple of things that i watched um in my like last little bit of fun employed life mm-hmm. um i watched the flight att- or sorry a flight attendant on hulu <gasps> or hbo oh, it's HBO. so good the one with kaylee so, Colco. so yes okay. i forgot about that i told you to watch it yes, it you was did. so good the end i was like oh I think it did get green lighted for a second season. I think. Oh, good. I think. I'm actually. I'm gonna Google that real quick so that I don't talk I'm about my asshole. I'm also gonna asshole. say green lit, sweetie. Not green lighted. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you haven't watched it, watch it. So it's like advertises kind of a more serious show, but it's really funny. Actually, it's not really funny, but it's there's like elements of humor in there, and like it's yes. like silly, but it's also really intriguing and really good. Um, it. it officially was approved for a second season. Oh, good. Oh, that so, makes me happy. We'll be getting another one. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was a good show. Very good. I don't want to spoil good. it, but it's definitely worth a watch. Watch it. Um, and then one more thing that I watched on Hulu, because um, I like wrote next to it like where I watched it, so I'd be able mm-hmm. to tell people. Um, yep. Booksmart, which is a movie on Hulu. Um, I don't know if it was like a Hulu oh. original or if it oh. just like got released to it. Um, mm-hmm. It has the girl from Unbelievable on Netflix mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen um, commercials for it. Yeah, her, I think it's, was it Caitlin Dever? Is that her name? I don't or know. Something like that. Um, I fucking love her. She's amazing. I think she's going to continue to do great things, like, actor-wise. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know who the other, like, main girl is. It was really cute, heartwarming, like, coming-of-age, like, I'm pretty sure Olivia shit. Wilde directed that. She did. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was really cute. I quite enjoyed it. Um, it's it's pretty lighthearted. Um, it's, you know, about a couple of 18-year-olds that are about to graduate high school type of thing. So if that's not mm-hmm. your choice, don't watch it. But yeah, if you want a giggle okay. and something heartwarming, give it a go. Send it. It's pretty It's pretty short, and okay. it made my heart happy. I write, wrote it down, and I'll, I'll include it in the show notes. Beautiful, beautiful. And now I have to go eat a snack. Me and too. I have to sneeze. <laughs> I have to sneeze this whole episode. It's just sitting there, you guys. Oh, no. Well, okay. Well, let's sign off so that you can sneeze and get okay. that, um, you know, like one eighteenth of an orgasm or whatever it is. <laughs> is that really, really real? Yeah. A sneeze. One eighteenth is probably a fake figure, but like a sneeze okay. is like legitimately the same satisfaction as like one percentage of an orgasm. Huh. I'll find out what that figure is, and I'll um, please do. I'll send it to me at some point. Um, Okay. But anywho's, um, thanks for listening. Enjoy your face orgasm, and oh, you have something else? No. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm gonna leave it at that. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.